how do you create a unique brand when there's other people doing what you do? And the reality is there's always going to be people doing what you do. My approach is the client themselves, like they're the unique piece of the puzzle. Hi, my name is Kara Myers and welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Each week, I chat with women who have built incredible businesses in the travel and tourism industry. You'll hear their inspirational stories of success. We went from 2,000 a month to about 70, 72,000 a month um, in that span of, of nine years. And struggle. I wish that I could tell you that I pivoted really quickly and like jumped back on my feet and I, I did it. And what they learned along the way. Give yourself the grace of knowing that it's not gonna happen overnight and you're gonna make a ton of mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and move forward, that's okay. So grab a coffee, hit subscribe, and get ready to learn and feel inspired. Hello, hello, my name is Kara, and this is episode 27 of the Travel Business Lounge, the place where we celebrate and learn from female entrepreneurs in the travel industry. Today, we're talking all about branding and specifically how to brand yourself in the luxury travel market online. I am joined by the fantastic Kristen Richards. She is the owner of Girl Boss Designer, a wonderful design agency that specializes specifically in doing web design and branding work for travel businesses. Kristen is a seasoned veteran when it comes to branding and design, so I was really excited to chat with her. I, as some of you may know, started my own design business, travel business design, in 2020 when I was furloughed from my day job in the travel industry. And so I've been obsessed with branding and web design ever since, learning as much as I can. And it was just great talking to Kristen because she is such a veteran in this industry and the work that she produces is just amazing. I can't recommend her enough as a designer, but also just as a person. She was so fun to talk to and she's got some great tips in this episode on how to really set yourself up for success online. One of the most desirable niches within the travel industry is the luxury travel market for a variety of reasons, the money that you can make with it, the perks that come with it, but it's not an easy niche to get into. And one of the keys to succeeding in the luxury travel market is branding yourself well. If you haven't listened to episode four of the podcast, where I talked to personal branding expert, Brianna Glenn of Milk and Honey, then I definitely recommend you check that out because it really goes hand in hand with this episode. Though this one, we're focused a little bit more on very practical approaches you can take to improving your website, your content, and your social media presence. So there's a lot that we cover in this episode. I really hope you enjoy it. Before we dive in, as always, if you enjoy this episode or if you've enjoyed previous episodes, please consider leaving a review or a five-star rating. It makes all the difference and is, of course, always appreciated. But let's not delay any further. Here is Kristen Richards of Girl Boss Designer. All right. Hello, Kristen. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really happy to have you here today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to hear everything that you have to share because you got in touch with me a few weeks ago and I was super excited because we haven't had a podcast episode really dedicated to 
branding yourself as a luxury uh, travel expert, and it, it's a it's a question that is you know, comes around a lot of, especially going into the luxury market. How do you distinguish yourself and how do you create a clear brand identity? So I'm really interested to hear your perspective on that. Uh, but before we get into that part of things, I'd love to hear just a little bit more about yourself, where you're from and how you got into this industry. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I'm originally, well, originally from California. And then my family moved to Atlanta, Georgia, which is where I mainly grew up. And my story of how I kind of ended up in where I am now is, um, so my background is in graphic design. That's why I have a business right now, Girl Boss Designer, which is branding and website design for women entrepreneurs. And I'll get into specifically how the whole travel market played out in a second. Um, but I was living in Atlanta, working for a company for women's travel accessories, actually, like travel bags that you would take on a trip and stuff like that. And I was just ready to get out of the nine to five, travel the world. I hadn't done much traveling at that time. I just you know, had all the excuses of why it hadn't happened yet. I was ready to get out and see the world. And so I ended up, long story short, leaving the nine to five, started working remotely and spent a few months straight traveling through Europe. Around that time, I also met my now husband who is Australian. Uh, I met him in Atlanta before I went traveling in Europe. So I was just kind of doing the hustle on the side, freelance graphic design while traveling. Totally broke. Like, <laughs> I want to redo the whole uh, Europe experience <laughs> with money now because I was like shopping at the market and making all my own food and like not immersing <laughs> myself in the food, I think, as much as I would love to now, you know, because I would just didn't have any money. So <laughs> came back from Europe and then... My boyfriend at the time had to move back to Australia for work. He was only in the States for like two and a half years temporarily and had to move back. So I moved with him to Australia, which is what brought me to where I live now. We live in Sydney in the Northern Beaches. And so that's how I ended up here. People get on consult calls with me for the design business and they're like, you're not Australian because they see I live in Australia. And I'm like, <laughs> no, they might be that way with you when they like hear your accent when they get on a call. Although you have a, you have an accent, I think. It's starting to, it's starting to change. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that blend where you're like, oh, I don't know. I could go either way. <laughs> I feel like the Aussie accent has not found me yet, unfortunately. <laughs> so I moved over here and then decided, you know, what do I want to do with this freelance thing that I was doing? And ended up launching my business now, Girl Boss Designer, focusing on branding. It started off branding only and then kind of morphed into also web design. And then the whole travel focus started with just one travel client. I was working with more kind of women entrepreneurs in general, which is a lot. I mean, it really is not much of a niche because it's just women. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, that's very broad. So I ended up having one client who found me who is a luxury travel advisor. And from that, everything just organically grew as things do when you start to work with a particular niche, like you get referrals and it just kind of picked up from there where, you know, these travel advisors in these organizations who all knew each other would be launching their websites and their brands and you'd be like, oh, who did you use? And it just kind of snowballed from there where now the majority of our client base for our business 
are luxury travel advisors. So women who plan these, you know, experiences for their clients, where they are dealing with all the logistics and their clients just tell them about their vision and they plan everything out for them and they're there every step of the way through their journey to make sure everything runs smoothly. And so this then led into uh, us designing also website templates exclusively for travel advisors. After working with them for so long, knowing their needs, knowing their goals with their website and how they wanted to communicate with their clients, and we designed templates to fit their specific needs. Um, So that's kind of the whole story of how I got to where we're at, how we ended up working with travel advisors, and yeah. I love that. I love that you just, you know, you took the hints of what was around you. You saw that there was people coming to you, um, getting recommendations. Obviously, you're very good at what you do if you're being recommended left and right by friends and family. That's always the best way to grow. But for that to then snowball into a business that includes branding, web design, web templates, uh, is pretty incredible. And the luxury travel industry is, is, you know, there's so many luxury travel advisors out there. So I can imagine you've got a lot of different clients to work with. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, how do you, do you ever struggle to create clear and distinct brand identities for different clients that are working within the same niche? Like, how do you, how do you help these clients create these distinct identities? Yeah, that is a thing that, some travel advisors will have concerns about because they want to stand out. Everyone's like, there's so many other ones out there. The past two years have been tough with COVID. Like they want to do well in their business. They, you know, how do you create a unique brand when there's other people doing what you do? And the reality is there's always going to be people doing what you do. My approach is the client themselves, like they're the unique piece of the puzzle. You can have the ex- you both want maybe you have two people who both want to be in the luxury travel market. Maybe they both serve the same type of client. Maybe they even both say, for example, focus on cruising, or maybe they focus on Italy in particular, right? But that person is the unique piece of the puzzle. So we love to infuse the client's personality as much as possible. And this is going to come from our end as far as the visual design, as far as their own style and their taste. So that would come from, you know, we love to get them on a Pinterest board just to pin things and see where their eye goes. A lot of people can't describe very easily maybe what their style is, but we can see it pretty quickly by what they're attracted to. And then beyond just what how we help them, you know, branding goes beyond the visuals. So that would also go into their messaging and how they show up in the world on social media. So getting more comfortable with like allowing your personality to shine. You know, maybe you're really, really quirky or you have a really good sense of humor or whatever it is, like your personality is unique. And so allowing that to come through in your messaging and how you show up online. And then, you know, our side with the visuals is what's going to set it apart. Um, that's what's going to make it different, even if you have the same ideal client and you have the same niche. Like you're the kind of piece of the puzzle that makes it unique. It's so true. And I think personal branding is so powerful as as a consumer. When I'm on Instagram scrolling through, the brands that I tend to really engage with are the ones where I can feel like I know the person who runs that business. I know what they like. I know their personality because they showcase it all the time on their social media, on their website. 
Uh, so there's definitely something to that. Yes. And it is different if you're running, say, an agency where there's multiple agents and that type of business is a bit different because you might not be as much the face of the business. And then you would get a bit more in depth with the ideal client and things like that. A lot of the travel advisors we work with are more so the face of their business where they might have an assistant and they might have a little bit of a help, but that's kind of our niche focus is someone who's working directly with their clients and they really are front and center with the business. And so, yeah, like you were saying, like that's what people connect with is you just being authentic and showing up as yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder, is there is there a different approach at all that you have to take if you're in the luxury travel market specifically in your messaging or just in the way that you present yourself to show that you that yeah, the, the services that you offer are of a higher standard than you might find elsewhere. Yeah. So on the visual side, I'll kind of take it in two parts. On the visual side, just because that's our focus. And then I'll talk about a few other parts of branding because branding, you know, goes far beyond just what your business looks like. On the visual side, there are design choices that we can make to position you more in the luxury market. Typically, if you look at any luxury brands out there, they tend to be more clean and simple, kind of like a less is more approach where things aren't cluttered. If you probably look up like any really high end, I think of like fashion brands, if you look at their logo, it tends to be like typographic, simple and clean. And then I usually will advise clients to go a little bit, pull back on the color with their branding. So when we think about the visuals for your brand, maybe like a website, for example, With travel, you're going to have all these amazing, beautiful travel photography that brings in a lot of color. And so I usually will advise, you know, we can have the pop of color with your brand colors. We want to pull back a little bit and stay a little bit more neutral. Maybe just have that one little pop and let the photos bring in the color. If you're going to have a really colorful website and brand as a whole, it can be more, I would say, a little bit less of the luxury vibe. So more neutral, yeah, a little more playful, a little bit more exactly. That's casual, what I, was thinking, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. So we have clients that are on that side, but we're kind of speaking a little bit more toward the ones that specifically want to be luxury, and then things that people will easily overlook, like your font choices. So the fonts that we use in your brand can make it have that luxury appeal right away. You might choose more like modern serif luxury. And for some people that don't know fonts, they're like, what the heck is a serif? (laughs) Um, (laughs) There are font choices though. It makes a difference where some of them can have much more of a casual, even like youthful feel and other ones will have very high end style. So we want to be making all these design choices that are in line with a more luxury brand. And then we of course want to choose beautiful, crisp, clear travel photography. I feel like you go to someone's website and there's like blurry images that does not give off like a high-end luxury vibe (laughs) or like pictures that are from your phone. You know, we want to have like really beautiful travel photography. And then outside of the visuals, putting yourself in more of the high-end market, we really want to think about, okay, who is my ideal client? Who is a luxury client? And what are their particular struggles? And what are they wanting from my services? Someone who is a high-end client probably is not really concerned with saving money, right? They really are time poor. They have a lot going on. They really value their time and energy over money at all. So 
that's what you would want your messaging to focus on is how you're able to make things easy for them, save them time. You know, maybe they have a really full schedule and they're looking for this extravagant escape from all the hectic things that are going on. I mean, anyone can have a hectic life and have a lot going on. Um, But typically, luxury market is less concerned about financials, right? And so you can think about what is what is a person who has this type of budget like what experience are they wanting out of this trip what types of places are they going to what types of excursions or activities are they doing and those are the things that they, you would speak to versus if someone is say in more of like a budget market their ideal client is more concerned with how can they get a really good deal on this trip Right, the types of places that they're going to be going to and the types of places that they're going to be staying are going to be different. And so we want to think about all of that when it comes to like our social media, how we're marketing ourselves, how we're talking about things on the website. We just want to put ourselves kind of in the mind of that person who is that luxury market client who has that nice big budget and really feel out where are they at and what are they wanting. I think that's such a good way to approach it because you're starting with the customer and putting yourself in their shoes and thinking, you know, what are their needs? What are their wants? What are they lacking? They're, you know, like you said, time poor. They want something done for them in a really luxurious way Um, rather than just kind of plucking ideas out of the sky and and trying to think um, what they could possibly be after, but not actually having any uh, you know, foundation for what what they are looking for. Yes, I have one client in particular. She had a really unique approach with her travel business, and she was like, "I know my ideal client isn't even looking at my website. Their assistant is looking at the website." Wow, they're trying to like find an expert to help them, right? And so that was our approach. Granted, I wasn't helping her with her website copy. That's you know outside of our particular services, but it was definitely good for me to know and just a really interesting approach to like how she presented her services. I just thought that was really interesting. That's so interesting. That's such good insight to have because it does, it changes the way you're, it changes your messaging. It changes the way you're going to be prioritizing things on your website. Super interesting. Uh, You mentioned photography and I wanted to just go back to it really quick. Would you recommend then that it's a high priority for luxury brands to have professional photography done? Or do you usually refer your travel advisors to paid archives of photos that they could use on their website? What's the way to go about that? It would depend on the type of business, whether you need to get a photo shoot done. I would say for our clients, which is that travel advisor, I always tell them, let's keep, let's save your own photos for your about page and the blog. Those are great places to share your personal photos and your journey. To get like amazing travel photography, the easiest way to go about this is to use stock photos. And so we, oh, I always advise, let's bring the stock photos in. We really spend some time looking for photos that feel authentic and not cheesy, <laughs> especially when you're bringing in people to the photos, like. You can probably like imagine a cheesy stock photo of a family on vacation. I mean, that's what we want to <laughs> avoid. And so it can take a little bit of, you know, a digging, but we really want the photography to be nice, clear, some of these like beautiful aerial views of d- certain destinations. Some of our travel advisors can get photography from their suppliers actually. I've found that like especially in the cruising 
niche, so river cruising and ocean cruising, it can be difficult to find the right type of stock photos because they're like, that's not the right boat. I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, this is one I particularly do, but I learned that pretty quickly with clients. Like, no, this, the cruising is not ideal with stock photos. It's hard to find the right one. So you can actually reach out to suppliers that you work with and see if you have permission to use any of their beautiful photography. That way you're getting kind of a better representation of maybe some mm -hmm. of the trips. I've had clients do this with like African adventures of these like beautiful tents in the middle of like a, what am I, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like safari tents? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Um, or like on a safari trip or just like any of those particular places from an actual supplier. It's a whole different thing than a stock photo. Yes, and so yeah. there's definitely options out there, but I would say stock photos or contacting suppliers. Some clients will come and want to use their own photos. And the reality is a lot of the time it's probably from their iPhone and it's not going to be of the same quality, especially when we need it to be nice and clear for their website. You can use it on social media. I feel like Instagram is different. You can kind of play with you know, a bit of a mix. But when we're looking at the website, we definitely want to go as high-end looking as we can. It's it's true. I, I think I, I definitely judge a website on, on a lot of different levels. But if, if the photography is poor, then my I have a different opinion on the the website. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. It does influence your opinions for sure. So I was wondering, you, you shared that example of a client who you know, mostly attracted uh, the assistants um, rather than the actual client themselves. I was wondering if you could share any other real life examples of branding techniques that have been particularly effective for your clients. Yeah. Um, I would say kind of what we talked about already can be very effective. I've, I have a particular example I did want to share just of kind of a real life example of how branding can be so important to your business and to your business growth. So I've, we had this client, and if she listens to this episode, she'll know who she is. <laughs> she came to me really just knowing she needed help with her website, knowing she needed to finish up like bringing her brand all together. It was a really big pain point for her. It was causing her to have anxiety with dealing with it, but also really causing her to shy away from putting herself out there. She didn't want to send people to her website. She didn't want to reach out to create partnerships or collaborations because she's like, oh my God, they're going to look me up and this is what they're going to think about me because she mm -hmm. knew it didn't, <laughs> it didn't look very good. Um, <laughs> so she decided to work together. This is like right at the start of COVID too. So there's just all the, you know, all these emotions with what was happening with the world. And she's like, I'm ready to jump in. I know this is important. Let's do this. And so we went through the whole process together, launched her business, well, relaunched, you know, her website. She had already been out there for a bit, but now we have the cohesive brand look. The whole process of the website creation pulls out someone needing to dive into their messaging. And so she really dove into you know, all the meaning and connection with her ideal client through writing her website copy. And then we launched her website. And after that, it was like she came alive again 
in her business. It created this like new level of confidence with her showing up online, with her promoting her business, um, with her reaching out for collaborations. Um, Now she's a, um, she's on the advisory board for, what is the company? Global Travel Marketplace. So now she's created authority in her niche. She particularly focused focuses on cruising. So river cruising is a really big part of her business and then ocean cruising as well. It's like she having this solid brand basically gave her the confidence in knowing exactly what she stood for, knowing that, you know, she's going to feel confident in standing within her niche, becoming an expert in that as well. Like some people will try to be the jack of all trades and do like too many different things. And it's like, how are we really becoming the expert in your particular thing when we're trying to do all of it? Like it's a really big world out there. There's a lot of people who need your services. She really honed in who she wanted to work with, how she wanted to be seen in that place. And having the visuals behind it just gave her that boost to put herself out there, show up, become an authority and grow her business. So it's been fun to watch like the difference in when I was talking to her when she first came to us. And then just when did we launch her business? I think 2020. So over the past, what, year and a half, like seeing her on social media and how much just her energy has changed and her excitement. And yeah, so it's fun to watch. That's amazing. Yeah. It may, I mean, it makes such a difference. Your website is your storefront nowadays. So if it's a mess and you're a bit ashamed to send people to it, then running your business suddenly becomes much more challenging. Yeah. She would tell me she'd be in rooms for these meetings and she she says that she would pull back and not want to like raise her hand to volunteer for things because oh, I'm going to have to like share my business and they're going to think these things about me when they go and look me up, right? So we can think, oh, my website's not that big of a deal, but there's so many, it's like a domino effect when you kind of have that strong base of your brand and the website's just a piece of the brand, but it all comes together to kind of create that authority in your space and to give you the confidence to really show up out there in the world. Absolutely. I would, I mean, the way you talk about branding, obviously there's a, a, a science to it, you could say. I mean, you're speaking about the types of fonts that you might want to use, the color palettes. A lot of people just starting out might not have the budget to hire a branding expert, but they're also potentially intimidated by, you know, just how complicated it can seem. What kind of advice do you have for someone in that position? Yeah. So, I'm not trying to plug my own thing, but I will just because it's helpful and someone could use it. I have a branding course that goes through all of this, like font choices, the vibe that they give, using color psychology when selecting your brand color palette, designing your logo. I always say like, keep it easy. Like don't overcomplicate the logo when you're getting started and you're doing it on your own. Put a typographic logo together and keep it nice and clean and simple. So there's ways you can incorporate, like I mentioned, color psychology, kind of pulling back with the colors and being a little bit more neutral with maybe a pop of color. If they are in, if anyone is interested in having someone guide you through the process, I do have a branding course called Brand Your Vision. You can find that through going to girlbossdesigner.com and I have a course section. But yeah, there's definitely resources out there to guide you through the process because not everyone can is in the place to hire a designer. And A lot of times I also see when people are in the early stages, they have a really big focus on the logo. They think the logo is a really big deal and the logo is not that important. 
is what I want to tell people. And coming from a designer, you think I'd be like, oh yeah, like you should spend all this money on your logo because it's so important. It's really not. Like it's such a small piece of the whole puzzle. So I would say keep it streamlined and simple and easy. Don't focus a lot of time and energy on that. Choose a high-end, nice-looking font. I mean, you can Google like high-end fonts <laughs> just to get an idea of what that might look like. But there's definitely resources out there. I mean, I know I'm not the only one with some type of branding courses. There are ways that you can invest a smaller amount to kind of DIY the process to get that more luxury vibe instead of just kind of blindly choosing things. Because sometimes we can go into the process and we're DIYing and being like, well, what colors do I like? Or what font? Oh, I kind of like that font. I'll pick that. And we're not really thinking about the depth in our choices. So I would say looking for resources that can help guide you in making the right decisions. Yeah, definitely. And again, going back to your earlier point of always keeping your clientele in mind and in what they might be attracted to. Really fascinating. Do you have any last tips or any other ideas you'd like to share for someone interested in improving their brand identity online as a luxury travel advisor? Yeah. So I would say kind of what we were saying earlier about always keeping the luxury client in mind with your choices, with how you're talking about your messaging, with how you're presenting yourself on the visual side. I would also say a mistake that I've seen over and over that we tend to kind of rework is information overload online. So if you're creating your own website, think about your ideal client probably is coming to you because they're overwhelmed with the options and overwhelmed with information with planning their trip. So spend some time kind of pulling back on how much you're trying to share. I've seen this where Clients will have drop downs of so many options in their menu, and they have like a guide to this uh, destination and a guide to this one, and like all the places you should visit for this. And the client's probably not coming for you to look at that type of information if they're a luxury client. They really don't need a guide on this particular destination because they're coming to you to say, I want you to work with me to pull out my desires and do all the work for me. So, keeping it a bit more simple when it comes to your website and the type of information you share, focusing on how you're helping them. People want to know, how are you helping me? The inspiration is all great, but they're like, I'm short on time. I'm short on energy. I want this amazing experience and this amazing escape from all the things I've going on in my life. Let's keep it easy and keep it to the point and stay focused on how you're the solution for their struggles versus kind of like, here's all this inspiration all the time that you can get lost in. There's a big difference between like someone just getting lost and being like, oh, or someone being like, yes, that's exactly the problem I have and the solution I need. Let me get in touch with this person so I can get this thing moving, you know? Absolutely. And I guess that again, goes back to niching down and being really specific with who your client is. Yeah. And I would say also, it's okay to focus in more on a particular smaller niche. So travel, some people can be a bit too broad. Well, I can plan a trip to anywhere and well, I can like do anything really, right? But when you allow yourself to be like, what am I really passionate about planning? I will have clients that focus on particular types of activities or maybe they do like really immersive travel experiences or maybe they focus on particular parts of the world. 
not saying you have to focus on one country or anything like that, but really look into what am I really passionate about? What do I really love to plan for? And giving yourself permission to kind of niche down a bit is going to allow you to be seen as that authority in the industry. With that one example I shared earlier where she was like really not excited about her website and then this confidence boost came from her website, she had a really niched in focus. And so it allows her to then become, you know, an advisor on certain, on the board, on on an advisory board of these bigger travel organizations because she knows her stuff for that particular thing. So some people can make the mistake of saying, well, I'm turning away business by focusing in tighter. And it's like, you can still work with whoever you want, but how you present yourself to the world Like it's totally okay to be a little bit more tight with what you decide to focus on with your services and how you present yourself um, because that's going to allow you to be more of an expert in that space. I kind of relate it to with my business. I could be like, well, I could design a website for anyone, right? And that's not allowing me to connect as deeply with particular people and them seeing like they understand my business. They understand what I need and want. And so it makes a connection faster for them to lean in and feel comfortable. It'd be the same thing with their clients looking for someone to help them plan their next trip. They want someone who is an expert at what they do. So it's okay to kind of simplify and hone in your niche in order to really position yourself as that expert. Absolutely. And I mean, you just think about it from the client's perspective of if I'm planning a, or if I want to go to Mexico... I could look at a million different travel advisors, but if I find one who is the leading expert on Mexican vacations, I'm going to be way more inclined to book with them than one of the other dozens of travel advisors that I come across. And from that travel advisor's perspective, the messaging then is suddenly becomes much easier yes. rather than trying to explain that you can do a million things. You can just explain clearly yeah. that you do one thing well. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be like a specific place. I've had clients where they focus on multi-generational travel. So- Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. Like maybe this is someone who is a grandparent and they're wanting to treat their children and their children's children, their grandchildren to this amazing maybe cruise where they all go together and they're looking for someone who takes into account you have these different age groups or wanting to plan activities that take into account everyone's ages and interests. And that's their whole niche is that multi-generational. So it's not necessarily like, oh, I need to focus on this country. It could be that type of approach. There's all different ways you can approach coming up with your own little niche. I love that. That's such an interesting niche. I would never think of it, but it's it's definitely a type of travel that a lot of families engage in. That's yeah. incredible. I'm glad that yeah. there's someone out there specializing in it. <laughs> there's always someone doing like your particular <laughs> thing. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, well, Kristen, this has been great. Uh, really inspiring. I've loved the way that you've described the branding process. It makes it very digestible. It makes it seem like, yeah, it's something that anyone can improve that process. Uh, But I'm sure there's a lot of people that would love to learn more about you, maybe take your course or get in touch with you about your design and branding offers. So if they wanted to get in touch with you, where is the best place to do so? Yeah, sure. So they can go to girlbossdesigner.com and everything is there. You can access our, like if you're more on the DIY side, you can access our website templates or any of the courses, and then you can learn about our services there as well. 
Cool. Great. Well, thank you so very much. And I'll be sure to link to everything in the show notes as well. Uh, but thank you and best of luck. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. 